0: If you can't find in the Word of God what you need to address your issues in life and your problems in life, you need to go back to the Word of God again. Amen. Need to go purposely and prayerfully that God will illuminate to you that, that He wants you to receive from His Word. We just we just cast the Word out for the web and we cast it out for everyone in this audience. But specifically there are people that something is going to occur in this service that's going to speak to you definitively. It's yeah. gonna and personally and explicitly. You were saying last week or week before that the songs in particular, every one of them, I don't know if anybody else got blessed, but he claimed all of them for himself. <laughs> Amen. And we we're trying to get him out of that selfishness, but he just <laughs> He just claimed every, every one of those songs was for Him. God set it up just for Him. And you know something? God will set it up just for you. He loves you that much today. Uh, you know, a lot of people go to church and wonder if someone has been reading their emails. Amen. Amen. Because God is addressing something specific to those people. And that's what I want when I go to the Word of God. I want to hear what the Spirit says to the church. If you look at the seven churches of Asia, every one of them got a specific message specific to their particular need. If you only preach faith to them, all of them, an evangelist going to every one of the seven churches of Asia just preaching faith to them, not one of them would have got God's message for them. That's right. Preach it. If you just preach healing or deliverance to them, not one of them would got what the Spirit is saying to the church. On, but what the evangelist preach, knows emotionally pushes buttons. Come on. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on. There are people that come here and get convicted of sin. Thank God. And I say, thank God. Yes. Amen. But it runs a lot of people off. Because there are churches they can sit in comfortably and God won't put His finger on anything. But if you come here, God knows you and God loves you. And God doesn't want sin to shipwreck you. Amen. amen. Someone, has said, someone has said, Preacher, you're rocking the boat. And I think it was Vance Habner said it would be better the preacher rocked the boat than the devil wrecked the boat. Amen. Can amen. you say amen? amen? I want to be convicted yes. if I'm wrong. Amen. Because yes. I want to be right with God. Yes. Amen. I need His help. I don't want something between me and him that's going to hinder him from helping me. I'm selfish too. (laughs) Praise God. I I need the Lord today. Well, we've had a lot of songs about the love of the Lord. It's all around. Turn with me to Psalm 107. Showing gratitude for a God that always is available to you. Will come on the scene and help you with whatever your need is 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 essential god looks for it thanksgiving this attitude of gratitude is something that god looks for in every one of us Hallelujah. and not just giving thanks at some season of the year but living thanks every day of the year showing gratitude what shall i render david said what shall i render to god for all of his benefits to me what can i give The God who has everything. And you know in Psalm 50 he said if I was hungry I wouldn't tell you. They thought the sacrificial offerings in the temple would do it. They thought that would be enough. We're bringing uh, everything prescribed uh, as acts of worship and and sin offerings and, and, and drink offerings and grain offerings. But there was an offering not specified. And yet expected by God. And it's called the thank offering. The thank offering. Everybody say the thank offering. And it was usually given after the sin offering. Because people were so thankful that they could bring a lamb. An innocent lamb. And by the way, when they brought that lamb, they would... The pre, they, they would lay their hand. not the, the priest would slay the lamb and sprinkle the blood. But the person bringing the lamb would lay their hand on the head of the lamb. Because what they were symbolizing was the seriousness of sin. Because there had to be a blood sacrifice for sin. We may not take it that serious, but God does. If it isn't serious, he wouldn't have went to the extent he went to deliver us and forgive us. And that is sending his only begotten son to take our place on the cross. When they brought that lamb, and by the way, they kept that lamb to offer as a little pet lamb, not as just a lamb that they were not bonded to. But the children, if they hadn't played with the lamb, they, they, the lamb grew up in the yard, not out in, in the, some corralled area with the rest of the sheep. Their heart was connected to that lamb, and I want you to know God's heart was connected to Christ, Amen. our sacrificed lamb. If someone had stepped out of that crowd to symbolize what that really meant being fulfilled in Jesus. If someone had stepped out of that crowd and and they had literally came up to Jesus not to carry his cross. But to lay their hand upon his head. You wonder what that would symbolize? Every Every Jew that offered sacrifices in the temple would know what that meant. It meant... Our sins that we should be suffering for is being transferred yes. to him. Amen. And all the hurt and the pain and the agony and the shame that he's going to endure is because our sins, and we'll use modern language, are being downloaded onto him. When John saw him coming, he said he was astonished at his own revelation of him, and he knew it was right. But everyone was astonished at what he said, because when Jesus came on the scene, and John said, there's one coming after I, whose shoes are not worthy, I'm, sandals are not worthy to loose, and, and when he comes, he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. But the most astounding thing he said wasn't about the power gift that he would give us in the Holy Spirit. You know what it was? Behold, the Lamb... Of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Behold, this is not just a a, a miracle working man that turns water to wine and feeds multitudes with fragments of, of a poor boy's lunch. This is not just a man who talks to the wind and the rain. This is a man who is going to become a perfect, sinless, holy sacrifice. Keeping with the type of the Old Testament fulfilled in Him, the innocent suffering for the guilty, the innocent suffering for the guilty. So when they brought that lamb, it wasn't a mechanical thing; it was an emotional thing. There's a man that we uh, we've been dog sitting his dog to, to come play with our dog uh, until the dog got deaf and blind and and you know senile and whatever. And he's, no, you know, he doesn't have uh, a lot of people who care about him. Uh, he's a hard man to care about. You have to love him with, you've heard the song, I love you with the love of the Lord. Amen. 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 And, you know, I always when somebody's singing, I want to say, seriously, you're going to love me that much? Amen. That kind of love, this love, there is a love, by the way, that covers a multitude of sins. And we don't put people under a microscope when we love them like that. Okay. Amen. All right. Having said that, entire other message. But he's so bonded. We, he, he called us to come to the vets in case she had to be put down because he knew he would fall apart. Now, this is a big guy that rode a Harley and, and was a policeman in New, in New York City. New York City? Yes. Amen. In a bad part of town. Uh, He's a tough guy, Navy veteran, tough guy, motorcycle guy, owned three Harley Davidsons just recently got rid of his last one. He's crusty. He's like a pot pie. He's crusty on the outside, but if you get through the crusty part, there's some good things down on the inside. Amen. Thank God he looks beyond our faults and sees our need today. Aren't you glad for that? But to see this big man, and I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's all bowed over with arthritis and Lord knows what. But when he could stand up straight, you know, I'm a little fellow beside him. In fact, I'm a little fellow beside of everybody. But Pat, that's why I go stand by her quite often. Can you say amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. And Nisi. I don't see anyone else. Paige. No, Paige, may, Paige is going to outgrow me and look down on me. It's going to hurt him bad when he gives up that pet friend of his. And it hurt every Jew that brought that lamb to be offered. It broke their heart. This was not just any lamb that they were not associated with or attached to. You see, it hurt God's heart. For God so loved that he gave. And this is the logic of the cross that I talk about often in Romans eight thirty one thirty two. 32. What does it say? It, it says, if he loved us enough to give us his only begotten son, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? There is nothing more precious to God than his son and our savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Nothing. And if he gave him, what good thing would he withhold from his children? Paul is saying you you don't have to have, you know, just blind faith. You can have faith that sees and perceives and understands. In fact, the Bible said he wanted us with all saints to know what is the length, the breadth, the depth, and the height of his love for us. That we might be filled with the Spirit of God. Because when you're filled with the Spirit of God, God has power. Pentecostals are power-centered. We need more power in the church. But we need to get acquainted with this person better. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Because if you're filled with the Spirit, it's the Spirit of God. It's God's Holy Spirit. It's God the Holy Spirit. And God has power. But God is what? God is love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For God so loved that he gave. For unto us a child is born. That's not just a Christmas thing. That's a Christian thing. It shouldn't be once a year that we focus on that. For unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given. And it's the giving of his son that represents such sacrificial love on God's part. We just see Jesus on the cross and beyond the cross. There's a father whose heart is broken. And yet the Bible said it pleased him. To literally crush him. To see him crushed on the cross. Why did it please him? And why did it please Jesus to go and stay there? We, we, we see Jesus as a victim and in a sense as a sin offering. He was a victim, a victim of our sins, our shortcomings. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was on him. And with his stripes we were healed. All we have, like sheep, have gone astray. But God laid on him the iniquity. Of us all, therefore, I will appoint unto him a portion with the great. I think that's an understatement even though because he didn't see it like we see it. He saw it as a future event and a future person, Isaiah 53. We see it as a finished act and a finished work. And oh, what a Savior. Oh, hallelujah. Who am I that a king would bleed and die for? Who am I that he, not just a king or any king, but king of kings. And not just a fleshly king, but God in flesh. One great theologian of old said, God dying for me, finding a way to give himself for me through his son and our savior. He couldn't take it in. It was overwhelming, but to many Christians today, that's a given, and that's why that ardent love and that excitement and enthusiasm and that passion, that first love begins to wane. In fact, in many Christians, it's a theological fact instead of a spiritual reality to them. And I've been preaching for years about rekindling the first love, and I'm finding out more and more that there are many people That it's never been kindled in the first place. They have embraced a religion and a creed and a dogma. And it's all important. But it's not all important. What's all important to God is that we love Him back for loving us. And we do it as an act of gratitude to Him. Can you say amen? amen? Psalm 50 has an incredible, beautiful Promise in it. I love the promise. I read it often, but I know the context for the promise, and I know you can't just pull it out and claim it. I like Philippians 4:19. See if you like this one. Out of context, wow! I want to grab that promise. How many would like this? But my God, Philippians 4:19. But my God (laughs) shall supply. All of your need according to his riches and glory in Jesus Christ. Everybody say, don't say amen yet, say woo-hoo. woohoo. Amen? That deserves a woohoo if you take it out of context. But if you put it in context, because you have sacrificially, out of your own need, I'm paraphrasing, given to others to meet their need, the law of sowing and reaping is in effect. Didn't the law of sowing and reaping say, if you sow liberally, you shall reap liberally? They had sown liberally, so Paul was able to say, My God is going to supply your need. But if they had sown sparingly, what's the rest of that scripture? Reap sparingly? They can't claim that. I can't claim that. You can't claim it. But it's in the Bible, it's in a promise box. I got it at the Christian bookstore. Well, that promise has a context for it. Yes. Amen? Amen. And a text out of context is a pretext. You can't present it as as sound doctrine. Sowing and reaping. <laughs> it's a law from the beginning all the way throughout the Bible. Amen. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Amen. He that soweth the wind shall reap. The whirlwind. Blessed, listen, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain. I'm thinking of that song that was a a song back before some of you ever got into listening to songs. I'm old enough to say that now. Amen. My boomerang won't come back. My boomerang. You remember. You're old enough. Yeah, it was silly, wasn't it? But it was true. Boomerangs come back. You can throw it to kill something. A hunter, aborigine in Australia... And, and you're not going to lose it. It's, if you miss your target, if you hit your target, it's going to be there by whatever you killed. But if you miss it, it's designed aerodynamically to spin and come back to you. And he was singing, my boomerang won't come back. My boomerang won't come back. I've waved the thing all over the place, chased it till I was blue in the face. I'm a big disgrace <laughs> to the Aborigine tribe. I'm a big disgrace because my boomerang won't come back. Well, let me tell you about God's spiritual law. Your boomerang is coming back. Yes. My boomerang is coming back. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He first you reap in kind. Whatever you sow, that you reap. Amen. But then you reap more than you sow. You sow the wind you reap wind? No, you reap the whirlwind. Amen. The Bible said, cast your bread upon the waters. After many days, it will come back. Amen. It's the spiritual law of God. So you, Philippians 4.19 that everybody loves to hear, God's going to take care of me. He's going to pour everything out on me. No, he's going to do that. If you trigger that law, there's a trigger for the law. And it's giving liberally to Amen. others and people in need. Ah, boy, Amen. the amens have just kind of waned down, down, down and down and down and down. Oh, brother Venable, I wish you—I was having such fun with that scripture until you started putting it in context and making me accountable and responsible. Right. We're all accountable and responsible. Amen. You can't live your Christian life as if there are no. Oh, I—I I, I want you listen. I, 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 spiritual law school should should be taught. From every pastor to every group of Christians. Spiritual law is not going to be altered. Amen. Amen. But thank God we can operate. We can trigger the right things. We can, listen, blessed, listen to the boomerang coming back. Listen to sowing and reaping. Blessed are the merciful. Do you see it spinning out there? For you shall receive mercy. Can you say amen? Blessed are the mercy. What did you sow? Mercy. What did you get from God? Mercy. 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 Remember when David, it's it's all throughout the Bible. David finds, Saul said, I'm going to kill David. God says, I'm going to bless David. Saul got jealous of David. Saul has part of his army hunting a fellow countryman, a man who played his harp. And the evil spirits couldn't torment him. He knew he had God's anointing. A man who went out and fought for Israel and for God and slayed the giant. And Paul got jealous and threw a javelin at him and missed him, wanted to kill him. Mm -hmm. And then he had a group hunting him down. And David was hiding from Saul. But somehow their paths crossed in a cave where Saul was sleeping. And David went over. And he saw Saul and one of his captains said to him, God has delivered him to your hand. Now you can kill him and all Israel will follow you. You, You're the rightful king. You've been anointed to be king. The anointing is manifest in your life. God has delivered him in your hand. You kill him. He said, no, he's God's anointing. But he wanted a little something to get his goat. A little bit of pride in David, he cut off a piece of his garment. He wanted when Saul woke up to know David had been there and David could have killed him, but he didn't. He showed him mercy. And a day came. A day came when, after David had sinned and received forgiveness from God, there was a man who didn't forgive him. And by the way, when God forgives you, don't expect everybody else to. Amen. They don't love you like he loves you. Oh, no. They can love you, but they probably don't love you like he loves you. Amen. 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 That's right. that's true. Amen. And they will hold stuff against you from 20 years ago. Amen. Yeah. I know because there's, and, and that's in their camp because I'm so in mercy and I'm so in forgiveness because I need mercy and I need forgiveness. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. There's a man throwing rocks at David, throwing dust at him. And his captain again says, he says, I'll shut his mouth. I'll, literally, the king, the king wasn't like people that are elected to high offices. A king had all authority. He could have ordered him. There, there's no, no civil case going to be brought against a king. You have no civil rights when a king is in power. Amen. He could have ordered that guy's tongue cut out. He could have ordered his head cut off and his captain's ready to do it. And he said, let him alone. Here's mercy again. sowing mercy. It may be that God will requite me good for the evil he's speaking against me. Amen. I'm not going to take vengeance on him. I didn't take vengeance on Saul. Didn't God say vengeance is mine? Yes. It's not yours. It's mine. I will repay. Amen. Believe me, God keeps perfect records. He, he's going to get around to it. And then when he does get around to it, it said, don't rejoice when that enemy falleth. Now, all Israel rejoiced when the enemy of God and the enemy of the nation. But I'm talking about that one that bruised you and bruised me. When my ego wants to see them suffer somehow, get them, God. Remember the disciples? They went into all cities with Jesus. Nobody got saved. Nobody responded to the teaching of Jesus nor the preaching of Jesus. And, oh, here's, here's, a, here's a group of guys you wouldn't want to be around at that point in time. Lord, call fire down out of heaven. you got all this power. And destroy them. He said, you don't know what spirit you're of. I didn't come into the world to condemn it. I come to seek and to save the lost. Amen. Can you say man? That's not my mission. A judgment day is coming, but this is not it. That's not my mission. Amen. Remember, that's not his mission. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've been called every name. I love what God calls me. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. And to the angel of the church of Laodicea. You know what that word angel means, messenger. It has nothing to do with the celestial right. being. It has yeah. nothing to do with the winged creature from heaven. It has everything to do with the person in charge of that church and to the angel. Because angels don't sit down Jezebels. No angel comes down and deals with false doctrine and false teachers. But the leader of that church does. And he said, I hold, I hold The seven stars, he calls us stars. Hallelujah. Can you say man, in my right hand? And that means to me, not that he's exalting me. It means what he meant in the Old Testament. He said, I will uphold you with the right hand. Oh, by the way, God is right-handed just wanted you to know that. Amen. I will uphold them with the right hand of my righteousness. Praise God. If it wasn't for God upholding me, I couldn't stand up here today. But I am being shored up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm being held up by His grace and His mercy today. How did you make it that far? Grace and mercy. Mercy and grace. Hallelujah. Oh, it's the anointing, it's the anointing. I know too many anointed people that shipwrecked that didn't understand the sufficiency of grace. And without the sufficiency of grace, there's not enough power. That's right. That's true. There's enough if you implement it, but when you get discouraged and when you get deceived, power doesn't deliver you. Grace does. And the better preachers today are the most powerfully anointed that flopped and discovered grace. Because now they're not just sitting up on a pedestal speaking condescendingly to everybody else. They know without that grace I couldn't be anything but lost and abandoned. But He restored my soul. When David got that and when David needed mercy because he showed mercy, God gave him mercy. Praise God. Psalm thirty-two was written after he had sinned so bad. And he said, He said, Blessed is the man whose sin is forgiven, whose 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 transgressions are forgiven, whose sin is covered. Happy to be envied is that use of the word blessed. Happy and to be envied. Praise God, because I deserve judgment, I deserve punishment. But God has forgiven me. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for his forgiveness today? Aren't you glad that he wants to restore people? Aren't you glad he ran to the prodigal son to embrace him, forgive him, and restore him to all of the rights and privileges of a son? Hallelujah. When there was true repentance and and true gratitude for God's goodness, God looks for gratitude. He looks for thanksgiving. He looks for people that will react to his goodness and understand what it cost to save them. And that's why when they took the lamb, the person bringing it laid their their hand on its head. And then the lamb was taken. When you walked in that room, there was a smell of blood. There was the cry of animals being slain. Animals sensing death. In their sensory systems were, were shuddering and shaken by it. I worked for Tampa Electric for years. We worked at near a Likes Brothers plant where they were slaughtering beef cattle. And I could hear as they were bringing them in to be slaughtered. Bringing, I don't know how they were killing them on the inside. But I know they were being slaughtered. And, 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 and I could hear the bellowing. It was a a groaning, bellowing. They knew, they sensed what they couldn't see because they could hear and they knew the sound of animals being slain. And I felt it didn't stop me eating steak and hamburger. I'll just tell you, I wasn't that emotional. I needed a fist bump. What stops me eating that is my ticker. Amen. (laughs) But I want you to know something. I was glad when we moved on. That's right. I didn't want to listen. I felt compassion. And I knew you have to eat. He gave us teeth that can eat meat. So hallelujah. just want you and hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, the apostle Paul said, I, bu- I buffet my body and bring it into subjection. It's spelled the same way as buffet. And Sean used to always say, I buffet my body too. <laughs> Every Sunday after church, amen, at Golden Corral. What does God want back? What does he deserve back? What shall I render to God? That's when the thank offering kicked in. That's when they, it wasn't prescribed that you have to bring this on this particular occasions. It was to be offered as often As one felt they needed to. It was to be given freely from the heart. It was an offering that God didn't demand. But he deserved and expected. And it was a joy to offer the thank offering. Because showing gratitude for the innocent suffering for the guilty. Same thing happened with the scapegoat. They would bring a young goat into the temple. They, the priests would lay hands on the head of the goat, signifying in type the transferring of the sins of the people to the goat. I know a goat isn 't as cute as a little pet lamb, but he was innocent of he didn 't commit those sins. He might eat your long johns off of the off of the clothesline. But what they were doing to him was a type of what they would do to Jesus. Yes. Amen. And a strong man. I mean a man that could be an Olympic contender. A strong man would take him. This is a young goat. No defense system against all the predators and all the harshness of the wilderness. He would take him as many miles as he could take him. And abandon him there and leave him alone to die of exposure or be killed by a predator. He would be killed by a predator. And that's where we get the word from their title for him, the scapegoat. And when they took him away, they saw in type that he was laden with their sins. And their sins are being taken how far? So far they can't find their way back. And how did God... Do you see this forming in the scripture? This formula forming? That goat's not coming back. That sin will never be associated with that person anymore because the scapegoat is bearing the punishment for it. And not only bearing it but taking it away. In Jesus, our sins are not just forgiven. They're remitted. So that a word can be used, that is used in a courtroom. It's a forensic word, therefore. It is the word justification. And that means that you have been acquitted. The judge of the universe has declared you not guilty, but he didn't just do it arbitrarily. He did it based on a suffering servant and a sacrificed lamb and a scapegoat. How far, as it is written, saith God, quoted in the new covenant after the cross, old covenant before the cross, as it is written, I will cast their sins away from them. How far? As far as the east is from the west, if we had a globe right now, if you go north, you will hit a north pole. If you go south, you'll hit a south pole. But if you go east to west or west to east, you will never, ever, ever. It is an eternal circle. Can you uh, do? You get that? As far as the what? the east not from the north from the south that's a long way but he said you need a longer way than that can you say man take a strong man take that goat so far he could never find his way back never come back never ever ever come back I want you to know what happened to your sin when God forgave it he cast it away from you you're disassociated from it the accuser will keep his finger pointed at you people will keep their finger pointed at you your own Conscience that he used to convict you will rise up in you and point the finger at you, but God is not pointing the finger at you. And who? what God hath cleansed? Yes. <laughs> he told those Orthodox Jews to kill and eat. Because everything's to be received, if it's received, is sanctified by the word and prayer and received with thanksgiving. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And and Peter said, Nothing unclean has ever touched my lips. And listen to what Jesus said to him. Because Jesus told him to kill and eat. God told him literally to kill and eat. Took him into vision. Showed him all manner of meat. And said kill and eat. Nothing unclean has ever touched my lips. You ready for his rebuke? Not rebuke your flesh and self-righteousness. But let's hear it. You know what God told him? What God hath cleansed, let no man call common or unclean. And that's what Paul was talking about in Romans 8 when he said, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifies. (laughs) It's Christ that died. And yea, is risen from the dead for our justification. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus is our Amen. sacrifice lamb. Jesus is our 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 scapegoat, if you please. Amen. And God has separated that that it's not their sins will I remember. No more. Once that goat got out of sight, they know he's going to keep on going and going and going. And he's never coming back and they did not go home with a sin consciousness they didn't go home with a, they knew yes. amen this was an acceptable offering as a type and a foreshadow amen and they they knew they knew this is done amen if we could get rid of the the sin consciousness and oh yes if you if you we need conviction yes. we do not need condemnation Condemnation will make you want to quit. Condemnation will make you want to throw in the towel. Condemnation will make you want to give in and give over and give up. Condemnation will make you look back to the world because you know God couldn't love you and and use you in any sense. Condemnation will push you away from God. Conviction will cause you to be drawn to Him for forgiveness and for restoration. Amen. 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 That's why I said you you can't just keep hammering the old covenant over anybody because that's your agenda and you want to see God get them. Be careful. Be careful. Oh, here's the boomerang again. The same judgment you meet without shall be meted to you again. I would hate to be in some self-righteous Christian shoes sitting up on their pedestal, looking down on and pointing out everybody's flaw. You know what the Bible said about that, that lack of humility and that, that operation of the law of love in reverse? It said, you know, we're supposed to go to one another, but we're supposed to go in the spirit of meekness, considering ourselves. And before we start messing with the moat, everybody say a speck of dust. Boy, that's minuscule, isn't it? But let me tell you, somebody that's trying to straighten you out will put that under a magnifying glass. They will put it under a microscope because they want to nail you because it makes them feel so much better. Can you say amen? I know people that will critique every message I've ever preached. <laughs> because they want to find a flaw. I, I critique messages for truth and accuracy biblically, but not just to nail somebody and disqualify them and run them down so nobody else won't receive from them. Come on. Touch not God's anointed. What? Are you kidding me? Lord have mercy. People don't fear that anymore. They don't care about that. You're a man of God. You're anointed. That doesn't mean I'm perfect. It means I'm called. Yes, amen. I'm as flawed as you are. Amen. And you are. Amen. <laughs> Can you say amen, amen before you start looking amen. down on me for that? Yeah. We're all flawed. We're all clay vessels. Amen. But thank God we have a treasure yes. in an earthen vessel. Glory to God. We're all cracked pots, but that's okay. Yeah. Hallelujah. Ah, God is good today. He's calling the people to stand up and quit looking back and quit looking down and quit looking in and start looking up. Hallelujah. Your sins have been borne away. Your sins have been borne away. Your sins have... Get a strong man. We don't want somebody that takes it a little way and gives out. We want somebody that can take it miles into the wilderness until they can't take it any further and then abandon it there and know that that goat will never make it back. Number one, he couldn't walk that far back alone without giving in to the heat and 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 the dehydration. But before that would ever occur, there's a wolf waiting for that lone goat. Amen. There's a bear waiting. There's a lion waiting. There's there's predators waiting. He's not coming back. a song about some person telling God about their past sins and how sorry they were and and and, the, and and what is the title to that song, the verse? What sins are you talking about? You're going to tell God about your past that you've been forgiven? If it's truly been repented of and forgiven, you're going to bring that up? He said, I don't remember that. Amen. I st- you know what he would say to you? I distinctly remember forgetting that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Their sins will I what? Remember. Is it wiped away? Does he not know that it happened? Sure he does, but he doesn't associate you with it because your sins have been borne away. Because of what Jesus did at the cross. Oh, listen. Oh, foolish Galatians. Paul begins to write them. Oh, foolish Galatians. Who? Hath bewitched you. Now you think of the occult. You think of something. No. No. This is is spiritual deception. Listen to it. Who hath bewitched you? That you would believe another doctrine. Which is not another. That's why it's cloaked in enough truth to make it believable. But some have perverted. What perverts anything that's pure? Taking something from it. Or adding something to it. In this case they did both. Do you think he said. Having begun in the spirit. Dependent on God's spirit working from the inside out. And not your religion working from the outside in. Do you think having begun in the spirit. You can be perfected after the flesh. God forgave me, now I can handle it from here. No, you can't handle it from there. No, you can't handle it from there. If you could be perfected after the flesh, He didn't need to go to the cross. All He needed was you to walk the tightrope and never slip. Amen? And yet the Galatians were doing that. Who hath bewitched you? That you would believe another gospel, which is not another, but some have perverted the gospel of Jesus. This is good news. I want you to know this is good news today. Hallelujah. This is not a license to sin. This is to provoke a love that will make you want to serve God and overcome. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. And be no more entangled. Stand fast. Say it with me. Stand fast. fast. In the liberty, not license, but liberty, freedom, real freedom in Christ. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. And be no more entangled in the what? The yoke of bondage. Now I want to put something else in context before we quit today. When Jesus said, take my yoke upon you that labor and are heavy laden, he was talking about a lot of things that can be applied to. But in specific context, he was talking to the religious system in place, void of God's love with no real reality of God or revelation of God putting everybody under bondage. They were under such bondage, a scribe and a Pharisee, the highest level of that religious system. They're walking down the road and a guy has fell among thieves and they left him for dead. <laughs> dead men tell no tales was their creed because they didn't have forensic to time to it. Leave no living witness to point the finger. I could never be convicted. They didn't just rob people. They killed them. That's why they're crucifying the two thieves on the cross. Amen wasn't just for robbing. It was for killing the people that they robbed. They were murderers. A man had fallen among thieves and so bloodied they left him four dead. And a scribe and a Pharisee is walking along. And Jesus is using that to, to expose a, a, a harsh, hateful, mean-spirited, judgmental religious system. And the self-righteous are always that way. They're mean-spirited, hateful. Anyway, I met so many of them. Lord in heaven, help me. I have met so many of them. And I wouldn't want to be in their shoes because the boomerang's in effect. I'd rather be merciful personally. Amen. I don't have to compromise anything to be merciful. Amen. Perfect people don't need mercy people like us do. (laughs) I wanted to get that sign to put out front. The end of your search for the perfect church. Not here. Not here. 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 The end of your search for the perfect pastor. Oh, I could get a t-shirt. Can they make me up a t-shirt? I couldn't wear it. I wouldn't wear it. (laughs) I'm glad for the scapegoat. I'm glad for the sacrifice lamb. I'm glad for the mercy of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. I'm glad for the liberty wherewith Christ has made me free. I'm, I want to be right with God. I want Amen. to be a good example to people, but I don't want to be entangled in the yoke of bondage. What is that? Being perfected after the flesh. Having, do you think he said, who's bewitched you? Who's hornswoggled you? Hoodwinked you? Deceived you spiritually so bad that you think that God has forgiven you? Now I can walk this out without mercy and grace and forgiveness in my own life. You cannot do it. No one can. I was counseling somebody the other day and they were telling me about all their shortcomings. And I said, lighten up, lighten up a minute. Go to God. This is wrong and you need to repent. You need to confess. You need to be forgiven. But let me tell you this up front. God has a low expectation of you apart from him. Somebody say, how low? That's on the radio broadcast, by the way. Or the, or it's online, this, this that I'm telling you. I asked the listening audience to say how low. And I think there's some people out there going to do it just like you did. Amen. God has a low expectation of you and me apart from him. Without His supernatural, God, doesn't ex- God has a very low expectation of you, apart from Him and the Holy Spirit. How low? How much your cute. Okay. <laughs> Say it loud. How low? How low? John 15. I'm the vine. You're the branches. Amen. Apart from me. Apart from me. Do apart from me. You can't do, you can't do nothing. Oh, you can put on a big, big presentation of righteousness, but you can't be right with me putting that on because the righteousness of man at his best, when put up against God's requirement, is a filthy rag. Yes. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all need a Savior. Can you s- thank God we have a Savior? Amen. Amen. Oh, what a Savior! Oh, hallelujah. Amen. It humbles me and it emboldens me simultaneously. I'm not going to get back under what I was under when I first got saved. Go to the strawberry festival. We had an evangelist at our church. He said, there's all kinds of carnival people there and all kinds of games that are rigged and all kinds of evil. Now, Strawberry, I know, there's evil everywhere, by the way. There's evil in Walmart, for that matter. I mean, you're going to see things in Walmart that you wish you hadn't seen. (laughs) Go home, wash your eyes and bleach, amen? Anyway. (laughs) Oh, you've never been to Walmart, I see. (laughs) Well, it's not every day, but some days, is worse than other days, as summer comes along and you know, the clothing thing there's some lady in pajamas the other day, just pajamas and, and pajamas that were riding down because they were worn pajamas and and you know, a smile is nice in the right place. <laughs> Isn't that true, Sean? <laughs> I mean really <laughs> there are smiles that you, you you know you they're out of place. Don't want to see. You don't want to see. That's right, amen. But everything's not evil. Eating strawberry shortcake's not evil unless you eat three or four of them and get into gluttony. But he said, any of you that go down to the feast, evil, not the festival, the feast, evil. And I thought, you know, there's so much real sin. I mean, honestly, there's so much real, biblically defined, condemned sin. We don't need to make up sins. Amen. Amen. That's true. Amen. Yeah, amen. 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 Maybe it's a sin to him. Amen. Probably was a sin to him. Everything was sin to him. He was so righteous. I couldn't. I thought if I could be that righteous. Oh my Lord in heaven! He said when, I, when, when I, he 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 pastored for a little while. He jumped out of the evangelist hit and run mode to got to stay there with it mode. And what a different mode it was! <laughs> he said he said he, he said there was a man in the church that caused a, a rebellion and an uprising, and they had a scheduled meeting in his office. And he said. I was sitting at my desk and four of them come in and they jumped on me and began to accuse me of this, that, and the other. And and before he said that, he had said this other thing. He said, I'm in a place of sanctification now. I've come up a step. I've come up a rung in the ladder. And I've arrived at a place of sanctification. He said, when I shake hands with a woman, I can't tell if it's a man or a woman. And I thought, what? <laughs> he said, and, and, and he said, and, and no matter what anybody says about me or does to me, he said, I am, I am dead to myself. He said, he said you might as well to go down to a funeral home, go in the back room where they're preparing a cadaver, and go in there and stick a pin in that cadaver's toe and see if you get a reaction said, you won't get a reaction because he's dead. And I'm dead to self and alive to God. And I thought, wow, you certainly are sanctified. I mean, a little flag went up, you know, of, of being so proud of how dead you are. Can you say man? And pride itself is a sin that God really has disdained for. Listen to me carefully. He said, so after he said all of this, he pastored for a while in Plant City. He said, Brother Venable, Pastor Venable, <laughs> he said they came in. He said they came in and started pounding on my desk, and I've been there. But anyway, pounding on my desk and accusing me, and he said the thought came to me. I guess he had watched one of those uh, self-defense movies, you know, uh, uh, one, of those, one of those kung fu movies where the baddest guy in the bunch, you take him out first, and then the rest will flee. Well, that's the very words he said. Get the toughest guy down and nobody else is going to come at you. And, and that's his mentality, this dead man, that you can stick a pin in his toe and you don't feel it. Amen. There's this dead man. I, if you're that dead, you're not dead at all. So anyway, he said, he said, they started beating on my desk and raising their voice and pointing their finger in my face. And, he, and the thought come to me. He said, because he's a big guy. He really was a big guy. He said, "He said I'm going to take out the first one and the rest will flee. And he had his finch, fist clenched like that. And I thought, no, no. <laughs> We've had a resurrection here. Can you <laughs> say? <laughs> the flesh has just got up. <laughs> the flesh has just been resurrected. You know why it was resurrected? It wasn't truly crucified yet. It don't get that dead. Paul said, I sanctify myself every single day. Amen. It's no more I that liveth; it's Christ that liveth in me. Because I crucify the flesh, I keep telling it, no, <laughs> no, no. Amen. And every time I do, I suffer in the flesh, but I win in the spirit. Amen. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. Amen. God is good today. God is gracious today. Your sins have been borne away. It makes you. Oh, if 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 you get a brand new suit from the cleaners and it costs $500 and it says Armani and, and it says pure silk on your tie and, and you, you don't want to go and mow the yard. You don't want to go and, and work uh, in the, on your automobile under the hood in it. Amen. Why? Because it's beautiful and it's clean and it is, it's priceless <laughs> in the, you don't do that. You put on your old coveralls. To do that, we have a robe. We didn't just get forgiven. Something more powerful, personal, happened at the cross. He took our sin. He that knew no sin became sin, not because he sinned, but that we might be forgiven. He that knew no sin became sin. He took the curse for sin. In our behalf. Your sins are either gone. Or you don't know. What he's done for you at the cross. Amen. You don't get it. It's not liberty to sin. Or license. It is something. So personal. And powerful. That it is supposed to melt your heart Amen. with love for Him. Yes. Yes. So that you begin to serve Him, not out of dread of His chastisement or dread of His judgment. But you begin to serve Him out of love for His mercy yes. and His grace. Yes. That's serving Him out of gratitude. Yes. And it changes servitude. You want to please Him, you have a desire to be more like Him. And to follow him more closely when you fall in love with him. When I fell in love with that woman, Lord have mercy. I would take her bus home. She lived near Valrico. At the border of Brandon and Valrico. Way down Highway 60 leaving Brandon. Back in the community, that's where she lived. I took her bus home just to be with her a little while. And when her daddy come home, I would eat supper with them. And of course, since her daddy's home, I was ready to go home. It's a whole lot more fun before her daddy got home. Yeah. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I'm not going any further. We'll stop right here, Charles. Charles getting to know me. I don't know. He still comes. I, I'm flabbergasted. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Y'all didn't have no fun. Y'all didn't have no fun? Come on. Fess up. Wave at me. You know what I'm... T- Come on. Okay. <laughs> I had to walk unless somebody had mercy and picked me up. I walked from near Valrico to the Mango Sefner area. And then down Highway 579, known as... Mango Road to Highway 92 where I lived. I walked miles just to have an hour and a half with this lady right here. And I never saw it as a sacrifice. That's the way love works. I wanted to be with her 24-7 if I could. And finally I did at 16 years old. Doofus, doofus, doofus. Amen. It's hard to make a living support a family at 16. But by the help grace of God, we didn't even know him then. But we've survived. Amen. Now we're getting ready to, what is it, May the 18th? 57 years. Wow. And everybody that knew us, everybody that saw it, they didn't even help us. Our family was so mad at us. They said, more, let them stew in their juice. Let them, what is it? And they made their bed. Let them lie in it. And, you know, all the cliches. Amen. Literally, literally. And, and they, they didn't, you know, let them suffer. Well, we suffered. But we stayed it out. We stayed together. Amen. And listen, I loved her with all the human love that anyone could have but when I came to Christ and she came to Christ I loved her with a higher level of love I loved her with the kind of love that the Holy Spirit puts in your heart and when you love with that kind of love it covers there is a love and it's not the religious brand it's not flesh can't manifest it (laughs) but there is a love That covers a multitude of sins. It's the love that God had in his heart when he sent his son. It's the love that Jesus had in his heart when he hung on the cross while they cursed him. And it's a love that makes you want to please. And when that kind of love that's why missionaries go, they're not going to earn points with God, they're going, they're going because they love Him, putting their life on the line because they love Him. And when any uh, good religious, dogma, creed things, catechism, when they're all offered correctly without the first love, God says is unacceptable. It's intolerable. That I'll have anyone serving me with any other motive but love for me. Showing gratitude for my grace to them. Church of Ephesus, the first one of the seven in Asia. I commend you. I love the way he corrects because he commends the good without condoning the bad. He commends the good without condoning the wrong. He commends the right without condoning the wrong. Some people won't commend any good. All they see is the wrong. God looks at everything through a different lens. Aren't you glad for that? Someone said there's so, much, there's so much bad in the best of us and so much good in the worst of us, it's hard to decide who can straighten out the rest of us. Can you say man? Well, no one can straighten you out and straighten me out. You know what straightens me out? It's when I come and focus on Jesus on the cross and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've failed you. I really don't want to. I want to please you. I want to serve you. Please forgive me and help me to overcome. And, and I get it every single time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God every single Do you do that every day? No, it's not necessary. Thank God there's more victory than that for the believer. Amen. That's not victory. But I do it when it's necessary. And from time to time I find myself there in the presence of God. Amen. Wanting to please Him. Hallelujah. Saying, Lord, forgive me. And He promises, if it's from my heart, that He will do that. And when He does forgive me, He forgets it. Amen. That's sin. Is never coming back. Can you say, man? Are you getting something out of this today? Are you seeing something here today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To the church at Ephesus, I commend you. You've tried them that say they're apostles and are not and found them to be liars. Persecution has come, but you're standing strong in what you believe in spite of the persecution. And they're all saying, yeah, 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 until he says this, but I have something against you. And it's something more important than all the other stuff. It's something that disqualifies the other stuff, even though it's the right stuff. I have somewhat against you because you've left your first love. You're doing this ritualistically and religiously and it's the right thing and I commend you. But if it's not a response to my love for you by reciprocating love for me, it's unacceptable. Remember from whence thou art fallen. Repent. Listen, if you look at that church on the outside instead of looking at the heart where God looks, you would think that church is righteous. That church is a champion for truth. That group of people are standing up in the face of the culture and saying, No, false prophets, no. Persecution, I don't care. I'm a Christian deal with it. Man looks on where? Where does God look? God looks deeper. He looks directly into the heart. And he says, are you doing this out of love for me? I know people that they say they're serving God. They say they love him. But if they loved him, they'd love you and me. Amen. If a man loved me, he said, you will keep my commandments. And then he says, this is my commandment that you love one another. So if you say you love God and don't love your brother, what? That's a lie. Bible says you're a flat-out liar. I'm going to put it, you know, soften a little. Say you're just a plain old liar. If a man says he loves God and hates his brother, he's a liar. Truth is not in Him. And God's tired of people lying to Him and lying to themselves and lying to one another. He wants us to come clean with Him so He can clean us up and give us something real. Amen. Lasting. Amen. Bring a true revival to the church where people get right with God and get right with one another because if you ain't right with you can't be right with God and not be right with one another. Right. If you bring your gift to the altar for God boy I'm going to lavish praise on God this Sunday. Oh, I'm going to praise him. Lord, have mercy. I can't wait to get church. Thank you for my BMW. I loves my Beamer. I can't wait to get there and praise him for it. And I'm going to give him praise today. I'm going to give him some serious praise today. But boy, when I see Sister Hoopendicker, oh man, I hope I don't cross with her. Boy, I'm telling you. After the things she said about me, I'm telling you right now. And I have cut her down. Lord knows I've told everybody in the church what a rotten, rascally person that she is. Amen. Everybody knows it now. uh uh-huh. uh-huh. But oh, I'm going to worship God this morning. When you bring your gift to the altar, something for God and spiritual, spiritually qualified as a sacrifice, sacrifice of praise, When you bring your gift to the altar and you remember that you've done your brother wrong and sister wrong, you leave your gift there because I ain't getting it till you do something. Law of sowing and reaping. Look, is this in your Bible? People looking at me like a calf at a new gate. Like, oh, I read over that, but I didn't take it personal. Well, it's time you quit reading over it and take it personal. Amen. God wants to clean us up. Creating me a clean heart. Removing me a right spirit. What happened to that attitude when something crosses us? Amen? We need to get it back. That was David's attitude after he sinned so much and got mercy from God. Creating me a clean heart. Forget about Sister Hoopendicker and what she did. Amen. Get right with God. And if you run her down or him down, go get right with Sister Hoopendicker. That's right. Boy, it's a tough crowd today. Oh, we're under such conviction. Thank God. He wants to send a true revival to his people. He wants us to get a victory that's going to last and not let the devil keep tripping us up. Yes, that's right. Amen. That's right. Hallelujah. Go and be reconciled. Then come back and offer your gift, because then it's acceptable. But until you do, it isn't. So that means there's worship without any substance, no blessing for the worshipper, and no blessing for God. So He says, "You, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta realize how you treat each other is how you treat me." I was sick, he said. You didn't visit me. Initially, prophetically, talking about nations that bless Israel and nations that curse Israel. But it goes beyond the national and prophetic sense. It gets down to the personal sense. You know why? When you and I become a Christian, what happens? We become bone of His... Are you in the Scripture with me? Is that in your Bible? Is it not written... We become spiritually united to such a degree that we are bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. Amen. So they're listening to Jesus teaching. and he said, I was in prison. You didn't come visit me. I was sick. You didn't come to see about me. I was hungry. You didn't bring me nothing to eat. And I was naked and you didn't give me anything to wear. And they were astonished just like Some people look at me on Sunday morning. When? When did we ever see you in that condition? Are you ready? Are we bone of His bone, flesh of His flesh? Have we been baptized into the body of the Lord Jesus Christ? Then you can't love God and mistreat your brother, your sister in Christ. You can do it. It occurs all the time without any... Consideration. We better start considering it. Amen. It's high time we started figuring this out. It's not the parts of the Bible you like, you take, you take all of it. Amen. In fact, there's a lot of it in there that will help you crucify the flesh. Amen. So Amen. that you can truly walk in the Spirit. Because until you do, you can't. And it doesn't matter how many times you say, come tie my bow tie. You, That's right. Amen. Without love, what is it? What is legitimate tongues without love? Sounding brass, tingling symbol. It's a lot of noise with no substance. It doesn't bless God and it doesn't bless you. It just, you know, I've, I had a guy come in and I got a hurry, but I had a guy come in and he was telling me something that was unbiblical. It contradicted everything about Jesus. Came to our home when we lived behind the church. Said Jesus was not virgin born and, and God had sent him to clear this up. And now he wanted to preach to our congregation. And I, of course, walked him to the door. <laughs> Honestly, I walked him to the door. I didn't want to hear anymore, more. And I, I was very respectful. And it's hard for me to be respectful when somebody comes off with some kind of crazy false doctrine. Deceived by the devil himself, and wanted to sell it to somebody else. God has showed me. God has told me. I said, well, Listen. said Jesus was not virgin born and he started into that. I said, wait, 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 wait. I said, let's go to the old covenant first. And this shall be a sign unto you. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. Listen, he. he anyway, I quoted that out of Isaiah. I said, I got Isaiah the prophet. And I got, what's your name again? He told me, I said, I got, (laughs) I felt like the rock. I don't care what your name is. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) You don't follow wrestling. You don't know the rock. I tried to raise my eyebrow, but it doesn't work like his. Amen. I said, I got Isaiah and I got you. I said, sir, I'm going with Isaiah. He said, well, you had the opportunity to hear the truth. And as he walked out the door, he began to rattle off tongues. And I thought, there's the sounding brass. There's the tinkling cymbal. There's the gibber jabber Without any kind of purpose or power in it. There is a deceived person going. I couldn't even say God bless you as he left. Because if someone's carrying the wrong doctrine or a false doctrine. And you bid him Godspeed in the name of love. No. If it's going to deceive people. You don't do that. Because the day you do it. You partake of his sin. You become a partaker of his sin. You can't drive the getaway car. And be free of the consequences of what somebody does in the circle k. Amen. amen, amen. You're truth. an accomplice. And they will convict you. Amen. I didn't pull the trigger. It doesn't matter. You drove the getaway car. You were an accomplice. Right. I don't want to be. I will not be an accomplice. Amen. I won't agree to have people embrace me. I won't agree to have people hug me, love me. I will not agree with what is wrong. And it doesn't matter if it's my wife, my daddy, anybody in this building, any preacher, anywhere. There's no one that I respect enough to agree with wrong. No one I need more than Christ. No more than I need more than Jesus. No blessing from anyone can do for me what only God can do for me. I can do without everything, but I can't do without Jesus. I can't do without his blessing. I can't do without it. Hallelujah. I can't live in this world and I know there are people sowing the wrong seed that are convicted this morning and praying that God will somehow keep that harvest from coming in. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Amen. The word of God abides forever. We need to get right with God and we won't have to worry about it. We need to get right with God, and we won't have to sweat it. We need to get right with God and we, we, right God and we can open the windows of heaven on our life. And God can pour us out a blessing. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. There's nothing wrong. i want to say it again. There's nothing wrong. I'm going to say it one more time so I can quit. There's nothing wrong. You might come to a service. When you deal with this junk, amen, that you can smile through the whole service and say, thank God my sins are gone. Thank God there's nothing in me. Thank God I got a clean heart. Thank God I got a right spirit. Thank God. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. The sacrificed lamb was slain. Hallelujah. Did we ever get into Psalm 107? Well, we got a lot of ground to cover, so no, no we don't. <laughs> if we go there, we'll never go home, and they'll kick us out of this room. What kind of church do you want to be part of? What kind of preacher do you want? What kind of attitude do you want to carry in your Christian walk? What kind of mercy do you need from God? I've been around church and church people for 46 years. There are services where I need God's embrace. This is one of them. And I feel it so strong today. God loves your preacher. Whether whether anybody else does or not, my God loves me. You can pick me apart if you want to. And I've been picked on and picked apart all along the way. But I've forgiven everyone who's ever done it. Because I wouldn't trade the joy and peace that I have in my heart through forgiveness for all the nitpicking people. Because never, I've never seen one with joy. Mm-hmm. Not true lasting joy. Never. Amen, brother. No blessing. Cursed be the man that trusts in man, yes. maketh flesh his arm. He shall be like the heath in the desert. Everybody say, tumbling along with the tumbling tumbleweed an old, dead, fruitless, dried-up plant. He shall be like the heath in the desert, and he won't see when the good comes. Come He's looking through that lens of criticism and unforgiveness, and, and he can't see the good in you, me, or life. Everybody's wrong. Everything is wrong. To a man, this is not Scripture, but to a man with Limburger cheese on his upper lip, The whole world stinks. And there's a lot of Christians like that. What did you think of that sermon? It stinks. Isn't this a beautiful rose? Smell it. It stinks. Heath in the desert. Shall not see when the good comes. But blessed, curse and blessing. Spiritual law. Cursed is the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm. But blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord whose hope the Lord is. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. He'd be like a tree planted by the water. Shall not see when the drought comes. It's all tying in. Psalm 1, Jeremiah, it's all tying in. And for those of you that can't look me in the eye. You're telling on yourself. If you get right with God, you can actually look at me on Sunday and not be convicted. Look at all the people looking at me now. Man, look like banjo eyes. It ain't me, preacher. Well, I didn't think it was, but thank you anyway for confirmation today. Amen. Amen. How many would like to know what you've sown is coming back because you've sown the thing that God said is going to bless you and glorify Him? I want to sow that. I want to sow it into you. I've asked people to forgive me that hadn't. Obviously, they haven't because they've been mad at me for 40 years. I know one person that's been mad at me for 40 years. 40 years. They have had a problem with me. And I thought, let it go, please let it go. Forty years is enough to have a problem with me. Just won't. It's not that I need it anymore. I mean, I've learned. To, forty years, you learn to live with some things. I mean, if you had a wart for forty years, you're probably not thinking about having it removed. <laughs> Amen. I mean, you're used to it, right? Yeah. What is what is that singer? What's his name? Aaron Neville. Aaron Neville has a great big black thing over here. Up here, yeah, and he's got all kind of money and you can't help but look at him and see this big black thing up here. And he could have had it removed and had plastic surgery. He became filthy rich, you know. But he decided, don't bother me, so I'm not worried about you. <laughs> so, so he didn't have it removed. And every time I see him, I thought, if it's that, I had that thing, I'd take it off. But he's had it all his life. He's used to it. People get used to being the way they are. And they don't want to change. God says, I want to send a revival that will bring a sweeping change. And I want it to begin in the heart of my people. Amen. There's one prayer that will allow him to do that. Amen. Psalm 51 was also prayed after David's failure. Creating me. Yes, Wash me with hyssop. Yes. I mean, get down on the inside like Roto-Rooter. Hallelujah, Amen. Wash me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me a right spirit. And take not Thy holy spirit from me, and restore unto me. So I told you they didn't have joy till they do this. Restore unto me the joy. Of your salvation. That's not New Testament saving. This is in the Old Covenant. It's when God came through and delivered them from whatever they were facing. We're not going to see God come through till people get right in their heart. Can you say, man, revival will not be when we get? a liver shiver on Sunday morning. It's when we get right with God on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, amen. Friday, and Saturday. Can you say amen? Then He's going to show up and show out. Restoring to me the joy of seeing you come through when I pray. The joy of seeing healing, deliverance. Yes. The joy of seeing God break shackles and break chains and set people free. Restore that joy to me. Yes. Amen. Then, then, We have effective evangelism. The result of true revival. Then. And not until then. He said then. Sinners. Will be converted unto thee. Then it's going to happen. You understand why it's not happening? Because until Christians pray that prayer. And mean it. And allow God to get down on the inside. And do a work in the heart. It can't happen doesn 't start with sinners getting saved, it starts with saints getting right. Amen. You can write that down, that 's a good saying. True revival don 't start with sinners getting saved. it starts with saints getting right, but when saints get right, sinners are going to get saved. Sinners will be converted unto you, and the unrighteous will learn your ways. Transgressors will learn your ways. Isn't that great? Transgressors will learn your ways and they'll see the blessing of serving God because they'll see us serving God. Hallelujah. From the heart with a right spirit. Amen. Well, I'm excited about what God wants to do because when he changes my message, and this is a good one. We'll show you how good it is. It's not even done. (laughs) 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 when you come in here I want you to hear what the spirit says to the church because he loved the church and gave himself for it that he might cleanse it by what what just happened washing of water by the word that he might present it unto himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, but that it should be holy. Hallelujah. Wow. And look at all the empty chairs here today. And Brother and Sister Taylor are sneezing and coughing, and other people are working, and it just gets, the world is so crazy. We're in the last day, and we forsake what God said we should be doing. And that's coming together, exhorting one another, because no man is an island, hand doesn't say the foot, I don't need you. I got it all together without you. No, we need each other. Amen. You need me. Amen. I need you. We all need Jesus. Amen. Can we acknowledge that today? Amen. How many are ready for God to do something in your heart Amen. today? Amen. How many will pray this with me, after me? Create in me Amen. a clean heart, O oh God. Heart. And renew in me a right spirit. Right. And restore unto me, restore unto me the joy of, joy of your salvation. And take not your Holy Spirit from me. Spirit from me. Amen. 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 Then sinners will be converted unto thee, and transgressors will learn thy ways then I will have a witness and an effect on others because they'll see what God is doing in me. Praise God. That's what I want. I want them to know at the Circle K, not just that I'm a minister, I'm a preacher. Some don't know that. But I want them to know I'm a follower of Jesus Christ Amen. and I'm living the best, a better life than all the Amen. sin that they can cram into theirs. Can you say, man, I've got more joy and peace? Hallelujah, I'm happy on Monday, Amen. and that blows them. A- that blows them away. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Will you stand to your feet. Thank you for your giving today. Amen. We're going to go back if we can to this Joshua 24:15 type of song. Yes. Let's just lift our hands for a holy moment. This is the evangelist part of me. I've never been just a pastor. I want to see true revival before I go to heaven. It's one of my requests. Even if I see it tomorrow and he takes me the next day, I want to see true revival before I go to heaven. I want to see deliverance. I want to see chains broken. I want to see people set free. Hallelujah. I want to see bodies healed. I want to pray and see God move in a mighty way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How about it, church? Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. This is what he said. He said, If it seemed good to you to serve the gods that your father's compromises served in the past, go serve them. If Baal is God, go serve him. But if the Lord is God, serve him only. Yes. And regardless of what you decide, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. Can you say, man, it's getting down to you and your house Amen. and me and my house. I'm going to serve the Lord.